Welcome to the podcast, Restore Yourself, Restore Your Marriage, where it's all about discovering the thoughts that get you in the mood, the thoughts that get you out of the mood, and how creating a deeper connection with yourself creates a deeper connection with your spouse. I'm your coach, Shelly Anderson, coaching you through life, love, and intimacy. This is episode number 139, Embracing My One Guilty Pleasure. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today, where I am going to share some fun details about a few awesome things that happened this past weekend. So for Christmas, Nick gave me tickets to go see one of my favorite bands. Now, it's funny because a lot of times when I'm talking about tuning into our own sensuality and using the senses, I talk a lot about using music and playlists and creating different playlists that lower our stress or get us in the mood um, or help us think good things about ourselves or about our spouse and always always, 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 I get requests about, okay, who do you listen to? What artists are on your playlist? We want to know the details. And I have found that a lot of times I've been hesitant to share one of my favorite bands. (laughs) And there's a reason for that. And we're going to talk about that today because Nick got me tickets to see this particular band. So let's just jump into it. The first thing I wanted to share was while we were driving um, to this concert, because it wasn't close to us. So it was out of state, actually. We had to take a little road trip. It was kind of exciting because we have a brand new puppy and we wanted to take him on a road trip and see how he would do. And so we kind of had two purposes to take him on a road trip, but also to go to this concert. So we headed off, and as we were driving on the road, there are tons of billboards. And one thing I like about road trips is that it's just some downtime. You can catch up on podcasts, you can listen to an audio book, you can listen to music, you can look outside and let your mind wander, you can be creative, you can problem solve, you can be spiritual. There are so many things that you can do in the car while you're driving. And so during this particular part of the drive, I found that I was really looking at billboards and I wanted to see what all the billboards were advertising and if I found the billboards to be intriguing and if I agreed with the billboards and if they made me want to purchase the product or whatever. And so there was one billboard that really stood out to me. And I don't even know if they were selling a product or not, because, you know, sometimes you're just driving by rather quickly. But the quote on the billboard really, really got me and I loved it. And so I made sure to just remember it because it was only four words. It said, battles are won within. And I was just like, yes. This is so true. This is so appropriate for life coaching because we like to teach our clients that you don't need anything outside of yourself to be able to handle life. 
and you have the skills and can possess the skills and retain them in your own mind so that you can navigate the ups and especially the downs that life may throw at you. And so with life coaching, we teach a lot about thought work and how your thoughts are the catalyst for your emotions and the actions you take, and then ultimately for the results you're having in your life. So if you're struggling in marriage or with intimacy or with any other thing, if you trace it back to the thought that you keep thinking about that particular event, about that circumstance, you're going to realize that that is at the heart of it. So if you're feeling quite negative about something that's happening, it's because you're thinking a negative thought. So I really loved that it said that battles are won within. It really supports the concept that if we do thought work and we decide, hey, I want to challenge this thought that I'm having about this particular situation, and maybe I want to make an exchange and think a new thought on purpose, even in the same situation, that is how we win the battle. And it is so, so powerful. Thought work is powerful. And we do that within our own mind, in our own brain. And so I just wanted to start off with that and because I think it is something that is so true. And I really, really loved that this quote was on a billboard for everyone to see. And I hope everyone saw it that was driving on the road and could really just take a moment to think about that. And realize that we do have so much power within ourselves to change our lives for the better. The second thing I wanted to talk about was my guilty pleasure. So this band that I love is called Dirty Heads. It's kind of a mixture of rap and a little bit of hip hop, a little bit of alternative flavor and it really, really appeals to me, especially because of some of the driving beats, the dance beats. Not all of their songs are like that, but a lot of them are. And so when I started to hear Dirty Heads, I, was, I knew that I just was like, I want to dance to this song. I want to move. I want to move my body. Now, the reason I have been hesitant to tell people that this is one of my favorite bands is because... They talk about a lot of the typical things that bands talk about. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Well, except in this case, it might not be rock and roll, but it's still like music. And they are somewhat explicit. So I would never let children listen to this. I don't let my own children listen to this. Um, they have one or two songs on the radio, um, maybe three or four actually, that are clean and edited, and those are great. Um, but if you listen to the whole albums, they are explicit. Now, some people might say that, you know, listening to explicit songs might cause something inside of you um, to want to go and do all the things that they're talking about. But then this kind of goes back to the first thing we talked about. Battles are won within. And so for me, I have already decided a long time ago to live a very clean and sober life. And so listening to someone talk about, you know, doing drugs or make a reference to it doesn't make me want to go do it. 
So that battle has already been won. It's not a battle that I'm currently fighting. And as long as I have made that decision within myself, it isn't a battle that I need to fight. The battle has already been won. I just want to talk about for a minute or two what the experience was like to be at this concert. So I really do think that Nick and I were probably the only sober people at the concert. And it was on St. Patrick's Day. So it was just a really interesting combination. A lot of people wearing green, beer everywhere, probably. There were some really cool things that stood out to me during this concert. And one of them was that there were definitely one or two girls that showed up to the concert wanting all the attention. They had the looks, they were wearing the skimpiest clothes, and they were there with, it looked like their boyfriend or their husband, and they were, they were on a double date, it looked like. Um, and so they ended up sitting probably about 10 rows in front of us. So I was just curious to see what their interactions would be like, how they were enjoying the concert, you know, what they were doing. It just was very fascinating to observe and watch people. (laughs) So what I found out was, is that even though we could see that they were very much drinking and enjoying the concert, um, there was hardly any interaction between the two of them. And so it just piqued my interest. I don't know, you know, what the relationship is like. I can't even pretend that I would have any insight on that. But it was just interesting to notice that they did not interact most of the night. There was very little connection, looking at each other. Any There wasn't any physical contact And when we were leaving the concert, we ended up walking almost directly behind them. And the two guys were talking the whole time. And one guy was holding his wife's hand or his girlfriend's hand. But this other couple, um, there was no interaction. There was no holding hands, no hugging, no reminiscing and saying how awesome that concert was. Um, It basically seemed like she was kind of ignored or that they were just having two very different experiences, almost like that they weren't sharing them. So I just found that very interesting because it was so different from the experience that Nick and I were having at the concert being totally sober. We were able to just enjoy the music for what it was. We were able to enjoy the musicality for what it was and how the singers were able to use their the rhythm and the way they were rapping and how they were syncopating the words with the beats and the music. And we were just so fascinated by that experience and enjoying it as it was in reality and being able to turn to each other and say, oh my gosh, this is so good. They are so good. This is so amazing to be enjoying this concert and to be with one another. And we were able to sing, and I think we were dancing nonstop. I don't think we ever, (laughs) ever sat down that entire concert, and it was awesome. So, yes, Dirty Heads is my guilty pleasure, and one of the reasons I really, really love it 
is because it really does actually get me in the mood to be intimate. There is something about those beats and being able to want to move my body and feel the music and be closely connected to Nick when I'm listening to it. And so, yes, this is always on my playlist. And I know that if I put one of their albums on, it will really contribute to me being in the mood. So I wanted to throw that out here because a lot of people ask me this question and I know that it probably won't resonate with everybody. Not everyone wants to listen to you know, explicit lyrics. So that's going to be up to each one of you. But if you listen to other artists that maybe do talk about some of those things or do swear every now and then, and it's not all over the place. It's not like it's every song and, you know, the whole song. Um, So you would have to use your own discretion at that. But everyone's music taste is so different. And so that's why I'm always hesitant to say, oh, yes, listen to this and this and this and this, because what I really like and what works for me to get me in the mood is not going to be the same for everybody. And everyone's music tastes are so different. And then so that's what plays into it. What works for one person may or may not work for another person. But I wanted to just talk about that since I get that question all the time. And it worked that night as well. So during the concert, being able to enjoy the music for what it was, being able to dance alongside Nick and enjoy being with him, something we can enjoy together, all that really contributed to our connection. And yes, I was in the mood for intimacy after that concert. And so, of course, one thing led to another and intimacy was great and fabulous that night. And so I just wanted to have that conversation and talk about this because not all guilty pleasures are destructive. And this is one of those. It's music for me. And even music that is maybe a little bit explicit or a little bit risque. As adults we are able to handle adult topics, right? We should be able to have adult conversations and our brain is so much more developed than it was when we were younger and maybe teenagers and our parents said, don't listen to that kind of stuff because we know the effect it could have. But maybe as adults, we want that effect. Maybe we need a little help with the effects that that kind of music can have on us. Um, the other thing I really wanted to talk about, and I know I've already mentioned it, is sobriety. And I wanted to kind of turn things on its head a little bit because I think out in the world, most people probably drink and think it's fine. What I wanted to also offer is that there is something very strong and extremely sexy about sobriety. Like I said, I'm pretty sure Nick and I were the only sober people at the concert. Um, But there was something very awesome about knowing that we were both sober there. 
in that experience, knowing that neither of us were going to get into trouble in any way, shape or form because we were drunk. We didn't, I didn't have that worry. Nick didn't have that worry. When I see lots of girls um, dressed in a way that could totally draw any man's attention, I found it extremely sexy to know that Nick was sober and would never go down that path. I think these days we're starting to hear even about some celebrities who are choosing sobriety over, you know, just the party lifestyle. And and they've talked about how invigorating that life is because we're actually, when we're sober, we're actually experiencing life in reality. There's no buffering that's happening. There's no escape that's actually happening. We're experiencing things as they truly are. So when we show up to a concert, we're experiencing the music in its true form, in its true state. We're not altering that experience. And usually what happens is the more we alter through drugs or through alcohol, the more we want to alter our reality and what is our true, what is the true human experience. And the more we want to alter reality, the less we're actually winning the battles that can be won within. So the battles continue to rage on and go left unaddressed. And so there is something very sexy knowing that my spouse, my husband, is sober and that if something comes up, he has the mental capacity to win the battles within himself, to use his mind, to use his thoughts to get through things. And that is extremely sexy. That is a huge turn on. Sometimes we may fall into the trap of thinking one thing has to go with another. I remember early on in my career, I was coaching um, a lady who came to me and she wanted help with weight loss. So we started having a conversation and we talked about a few different ways to approach weight loss because obviously we all need food to live and survive. She texted me after a date night with her husband and she was so excited and so happy. She told me everything she had ordered and she felt really proud of herself for making such fabulous decisions. And she had gone to a restaurant that normally when they would go to, she would make more poor choices when it came to what she was eating. And so she was really challenging herself. She felt awesome about her success. And then she said, okay, now we're going to go to the movies. So they went to the movies. She texted me again after and said, oh no, (laughs) I've totally messed up in the movies. So the next time we had a session, we talked about this, like, okay, what happened? You did so well during dinner what happened in the movies? And she's like, well, when you go to the movies, you have to have popcorn and milk duds and a soda. And I remember just as a coach and I was like, well, you don't have to do that. Like it's not a requirement when you buy your ticket for the show that you have to also buy popcorn and milk duds and soda. And there's definitely not a worker who is opening your mouth and force feeding you those things during the movie. So 
So it's not required that those things go together. So this is a choice. And it's probably a habit um, that has formed over the years. But also it's just, it's a thought. Thinking when I go to the movies, I've got to have popcorn, milk, duds, and a drink. Those things go together. And they need to go together. And they should go together. That is what happens in our mind. That's just a thought. We may not even realize that that one thought is what keeps us falling off the wagon of eating healthy or eating how we would like to be eating so that we could lose weight. So we were able to challenge this particular thought and say, what if we, what if those things don't have to go together? What if you could go to the movies and instead of using your hands to eat the popcorn and get the milk duds and she wanted them to be in a very certain combination, a certain ratio. So then she had to use her hands quite a bit during the movie to be involved in the eating. And so I said, well, what's not happening between you and your husband when your hands are so busy on the popcorn and the milk duds and the soda? Are you guys connected? Are you close? Are you holding hands? Is there any affection? And it was an eye-opener to her that there was zero connection during the movie. No interaction between her and her husband, even though they were sitting so close together. While we initially started coaching for weight loss, during the process, it came, it became clear and it came up for her that she was struggling in her marriage. And she was also using food as a vice, as a buffer so that she wouldn't have to actually start to face what was going on in her marriage. And that's very much like alcohol and drugs, right? It's a vice that we use so that we don't have to actually face what is going on. So once we started to challenge that thought for her that those things had to go together, we were like, what if those things don't go together? What does that open up for you? What new possibilities are available for you and the connection you have to your husband during something so simple, just going to the movies? And so we realized that that was a fabulous way to cut back on some of the stuff that she wanted to cut back on in her life. Now she could free up her hands so that she could hold hands with her husband during a movie and she could squeeze tighter if they're watching a scary movie or whatever it was. But it was being able to use her mind, let go of that one thought and replace it like, okay, well, movies are a time for connection, not just feeding my face. And so I love this example to kind of support this concept that the battles are one within. And also there are many ways that people use different substances to take over the mind and the power that exists in our mind to face and solve some of the struggles that we face. It really made me think about marriage because marriage is made of ups and downs. And if we're constantly trying to buffer, then we are not using our mind to 
win the battle because the battle can be won within. So this next week, I want to see if we can really be grateful for the moments that we are sober and our spouse is sober and really, really appreciate those moments and view them as a strength, as something strong and sexy. And finally, let's see if we can get some good music into our lives this week. Music that gets us in the mood, that makes us want to use our our bodies and see if we can feel closer to our spouse. Because remember, the more you restore this type of intimacy with yourself, the more you restore it with your spouse. Thank you so much for listening today and I hope you will join me again next week.